from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Carly. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler. Macho, macho man. <laughs> I want to be a macho man. Oh. Actually, I don't. And this week, I'm going to tell you why. Shocking. I thought you already were. All this chest hair confused mm, you. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> we're also going to talk about how all those things that you think are making your life easier, they're actually pretty effing terrifying. Dun, dun, dun. I Uh-oh. see you, Google. I see you, Alexa. Siri, you too, boo. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also going to be talking snubs, clapbacks, and why you probably shouldn't film your high school rap career. Oh. Ooh. When I say toxic, what comes to mind? Sludge, mm. waste, uh, those three-eyed fish. I've already been contaminated, so masculinity. <laughs> Neither of you said Britney Spears' best single. Oh my oh, god, you're right. Yeah. But you know, today's episode is not about that. Jameter, you are correct. Masculinity can be toxic. Mm. And it's creating quite the kerfuffle online, mm-hmm. specifically because the American Psychological Association recently released a new set of guidelines about how traditional masculinity can be harmful. Mm. And these guidelines are supposed to help psychoanalysts help the men who are affected by our culture's ideas of what a man should be. Oh, so this is actually part of the toolkit for professionals to deal with people who say that they might have a problem. Well, because of masculinity, they can't say they have a problem and they don't seek help. It's the snake that eats itself. Mm. Yes. They stuff down their emotions and are told from an early age, don't ask for help. That's weak. Pound it all down. So you shove those feelings far deep in the closet. Like your Queen Elsa. Uh Conceal, don't feel, don't let it show. Okay, and you know what else you don't let happen? You don't let Marie Kondo in that closet to unpack your stuff. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So these guidelines are supposed to be helpful, right? Mm. It seems chill to me, but men are steaming mad about it. What else is new? They're also mad about the Gillette ad. If you haven't seen it, Yeah. Mm. it just has a simple message. It's calling on men to do better and call out other men who are not doing better and are exhibiting toxic masculinity like catcalling, sexual harassment, bullying. We believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on. To act the right oh, way. Bro, not cool, not cool. Some already are in ways big and small. I am strong. I am strong. But some is not enough. Yes. Again, that seemed helpful and chill to me, just like the APA guidelines. But men are still mad about it. Specifically, one man who I like to think of as an eternal stain on the British heritage. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I, I know who it is. I know. Does the last name rhyme with Schmorgan? It sure does. Okay. Piers Morgan had this to say on Twitter. Quote, let's be clear. Gillette now wants every man to take one of their razors and cut off his testicles. Oh. Awfully testy. Can I I just check which country officially has Piers Morgan now? That's y'all. That is totally. Did you send him back? back? We gave him back, yes. Cool. (laughs) I couldn't remember if we'd kept him or what the Victoria Beckham uh, Mm. Piers Morgan trade was. Return to sender (laughs) immediately. I think we Amazoned him. Like, that was... The prime. We primed him Put him back in that little soft envelope and say, he didn't fit. He just didn't fit. 
There's also a sad little boycott going on. I don't know if you guys saw this, but some mm. people are putting their razors tenderly and gingerly into their toilet bowls, which, A, that's either going to be a big plumbing problem for you, so mm. you owned yourself there, or you have to then put your hand in a toilet to get it back out after you take your fun Twitter picture. Yeah, let's let's think this through. Like, in, at the end of the day, Gillette is still winning because they have your money and you just stuck your hand in the well, toilet. Well, this reminds <laughs> me of that uh, Nike backlash as well after the Colin Kaepernick oh, yeah. ad where people were burning the stuff they bought like six months ago. Mm. May I also say that backlash was somewhat artificially overinflated too. Like, the actual amount of dudes on Twitter being angry about Gillette was quite small and it was incredibly overreported. I just wanted to make that clear. Boom. So according to people like Piers and the person who placed his razor in the toilet, there's nothing wrong with masculinity and we shouldn't associate the word toxic with it. But if you look at the news, especially over the past, let's say, month, a majority of the stories are directly linked to toxic masculinity. Let's talk about Louis C.K. trying to make a comeback by just making fun of the things he did and also joking about Kids who were shot at their school. I mean, what a big man. What a big, expansive man. And also trying to come and pull that shit in the Bay Area. Good luck, Mm. Louis C.K. He was just in San Jose. Where he said, quote, I like to jerk off and I don't like being alone. That was his opener, right? Wow. Keeping it real goes wrong. R. Kelly and his documentary. Okay. You already know our thoughts on that. (laughs) I wouldn't call it his documentary because I don't think he had anything to do with it. But it's all about him. Yeah. It is not, shall we say, flattering. Mm. Kevin Hart. And his refusal to apologize, and then kind of apologizing, and then not, and then saying haters are trying to take him down, and him shutting down the idea of being an ally. I'm not interested in that, he said. He literally said that. It's crazy. Anyway, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. We could be here all day. It's not just the big news events that are affected by this. It's also tied up with the micro level of our everyday lives. So my question to you is, how does toxic masculinity rear its ugly head in your lives? How long you got? Let, right? Listen, okay. <laughs> Recently, I was in a meeting, and it was a meeting that was all women, and there was only two men. One of the men I knew, the other man I didn't know. So the person that I knew greeted all of the women properly, just nice, right? Mm-hmm. But when the man walked in the room, he stood up and shook his hand, oh. and then he <laughs> sat back down. And so after, I was like, hmm, just wanna, just wanna like bring something up with you, and I mentioned it, and then he. It was pretty positive. He was like, I just am used to interacting with men in that way. And I didn't know if women like to shake hands. But he wasn't a girl. He wasn't like angry. Mm. But I was just like, hmm, like this. These are small things that I probably wouldn't have said anything about years ago. But now I'm like, no, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up. Small things add up. Small things add up. And he may not realize that he's doing it. But the women in the room most certainly were like, well, I saw that. Mm-hmm. I peeped what you did there. I see what you did there. The first time that I spoke up in a meeting, I was dissatisfied, shall we say, to put it mildly, with the way that a male colleague had just repeated what I had said, literally word for word, uh, a little bit louder, mm-hmm. to great acclaim in the room. And the first time that I actually pointed that out and said, I'm going to stop you there, You've literally just repeated what I said, only louder. It felt so good. And it makes me think that next time I'm just going to screech like a pterodactyl. <laughs> just in their face, just like, ah, Just do like, it. Just do that. Full on banshee. Just full mm-hmm. on stuff. And it's all those little things at work. And then you get to other ends of the spectrum. Like, it's the high school friend that I met back in my hometown. And I was like, hey, how are you doing? We met on a dance floor. I was out with some old friends. And uh, he hugged me. And then he groped my ass. What? Wait yeah. a minute. Back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
That, that's not that's beyond toxic masculinity. That's that's like sexual assault. What is what's that is? Can you believe? And at the time, I was just like one of those things. So I'm just going to say that I think the root of all of this and how boys are conditioned to learn about toxic masculinity it goes back to school. Yes, it does. One of the things mm-hmm. that used to piss me off back then, it still pisses me off today, are dress codes that regulate the way girls dress yes. at school. Because I remember thinking as a kid, like I can't wear a spaghetti strap because Jonathan here can't concentrate on his test. <laughs> that's his problem. Him. Like, <laughs> I got this cute shirt at the mall and I can't wear it because Jonathan can't control himself. I got this cool cold shoulder outfit and I should be able to wear it. But they learned at an early age, like men get to do whatever they want. And it's always the woman or the girl's responsibility to be the adult or mature one, no matter what the interaction is. And if his desires are inflamed, it is very much your fault. Mm -hmm. Something else that happens in the schools from an early age is when someone is bullied, the bullied person is told to toughen up. Mm-hmm. Instead of the bully being taken aside and told, cut it the f*** out. Exactly. And I experienced that when I was growing up. And Ugh. it was all like, oh, well, you should be more of a boy. You should just, that boys roughhouse and mm-hmm. boys pick mm-hmm. on each other. Yeah. And that's not how it should be. And the catcalling version of that is when a woman is screamed at in the street by guys in a van. What was she wearing? Mm-hmm. Mm. How short was that skirt? Ugh. So... Going back to the idea of this starts early, I feel like that's where this will be remedied. And I was curious about what you, Jameedra, are teaching your kids about masculinity and the messaging around all of these gender things. Well, for us, uh, since I'm the only one here with small people, (laughs) Uh, for us, so for those people who don't know, I have two boys and one girl, and my girl is just as tough as my boys are. Um, And so what we do in our household is we, it's basically about equality. So we just talk about, you know, we we talk to them and we treat them as equals. Whatever Nia's interested in, that's what she's interested in. Whatever the boys are interested in, that's what they're interested in. We don't separate it out by gender. Like, she takes ballet. If they want to take ballet, they can. They all take soccer and they all take, you know, baseball and they all do track and things like that so we just try to make it as equal as possible and like my son he likes to cook we allow him to cook we don't make that a girl thing or a boy thing Mm -hmm. he is welcome at my house any time by the way chef now puts it down chef now is not a joke (laughs) he he loves to but then the one thing that we get a lot is that when people meet us and they you know they meet my children and they're like oh my god they're so cute and your daughter's so beautiful she's so lucky that she has two brothers to protect her and our response is typically like, mm, it actually, the way their personalities have developed, Nia's probably going to be the one protecting her twin brother. Mm-hmm. So let's not just assume that she's some helpless little damsel in distress that's going to need her brothers to come to her rescue because she's she's pretty damn tough. She is. I met her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want her on Speed Dell to protect me. But like child rearing, it's so much of this. And you mentioning Piers Morgan, Emmanuel, reminds me that he decided to whip up some artificial controversy over Daniel Craig, you know, Bond guy, Daniel Mm, Craig, wearing a baby sling, wearing his baby in the front. And Piers Morgan was trying to make out that James Bond was emasculated somehow by carrying his own child through the street. So weird. What an unmanly act. Sharing responsibility. Ew, gross. So we've talked a lot about bad behavior. Mm. I was thinking maybe we could throw him in a bone. Just a little bit. A small one? It's like a, a, a wishbone. Yes. Okay. I'm glad you said that because I love to see modern men now who are not afraid to be fathers, like, out in public. I feel like the older generation, it's like women are supposed to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Men are supposed to do certain things. And now I see men walking around with the baby ergo. 
You know, I see men feeding their babies, taking yep. them to the park. And not calling it daddy duty. Yes. Not calling it babysitting. Yes. They're your own children. I was going to say, and recently we had a situation where a friend of ours, she wanted to go for a night out. She has a newborn. And so he said, sure, I can babysit. And another man in the room corrected him and said, listen, it's not babysitting if it's your child. And <gasps> yes. I was like... Thank you. What a hero. I was like, let me not get too deep into it. But inside I was celebrating. I was like, I don't want it sore in your face, but ha ha. Yes. <laughs> that is the kind of positive mm-hmm. masculinity I like to see and hear about. Exactly. Oh, man. Something else that came to my mind was Obama when he cried on the national stage mm. after Sandy Hook and was just showing like, I'm not weaker because I am taking this all in and processing my emotions naturally, even if I'm the top elected leader in the country. Leader of the free world, they like to say. I'm leading by example. (laughs) Hey, boys, crying doesn't make you less of a man. Thanks for reminding me about Barack Obama. Do you want me to also remind you of Mr. Rogers and how great he was? If you must. Yeah. Yeah. I came across this clip. It was him in front of the U.S. Senate Commerce Committee Hmm. in 1969, and he was advocating for more funding for public media. And he said this. I give an expression of care every day to each child to help him realize that he is unique. I end the program by saying, you've made this day a special day by just your being you. There's no person in the whole world like you, and I like you just the way you are. And I feel that if we in public television can only make it clear that feelings are mentionable and manageable, We will have done a great service. I think that it's much more dramatic that two men could be working out their feelings of anger. Much more dramatic than showing something of gunfire. Well, I'm supposed to be a pretty tough guy, and this is the first time I've had goosebumps for the last two days. Oh, my heart. He has been trying to teach us for decades. So, shout out men out there who are trying to set great examples Mm-hmm. It is possible to be human, have emotions, and still be a man. So we're all lazy these days, right? Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, I'm lazy. And I stumbled upon a way that technology is helping me to be more and more lazy and just be more comfortable with my laziness. Is it one of those heated mattresses? No, but I, I would love one of those, actually. I don't <laughs> think I'd bed. ever get out of bed, ever, if I had a heated mattress. You won't, because no. that's why I'm so late all the time. Exactly. No, I'm talking about Google's smart reply feature. Oh. Are you familiar with that? It's Wait, a little creepy. Is this the, the Gmail thing? Yeah. So I have been spending a lot more time with Gmail because recently I started a job and they use Gmail for all of their business correspondence, which is great. But now I'm starting to like fall into the trap of using some of those stock replies. Mm -hmm. So for folks who don't know what I'm talking about, Google has developed this like predictive AI technology that basically will crawl your emails, get to know how you think and write. And then create canned responses based on what's in your email. This is frankly terrifying. Yeah. And it's not just like, oh, it's a guess. It basically learns how you speak and it adapts to the way you communicate. What if it starts sending emails as you, but it's not actually you? Oh, my friend, it's a slippery slope. Okay. As someone who pointedly does not use these, does it get you? Like, do these replies sound like you? Okay, so let me tell you the stages. It's like stage. It's like grief, right? <laughs> so, isn't everything in life? 
So at first when I saw it, I was I thought, this is really creepy. There's no way I would ever use this. Then I was like, I got a lot of emails. And I was going to say that anyway. <laughs> so I'm just going to use that, the beginning of that, and adapt it to sound more like me. And then finally I was like, F- it. I'm tired. <laughs> You're like, this technology is the best thing that's happened to me. Sounds good. Let's do that. I'm like, yeah, sure. And I click on it, and then Google is speaking for me. So if you've gotten, if you received an email from me in the last, like, you know, a couple weeks, quite possible that Google was ghostwriting on my behalf when I responded. I have received an email from you in the last few weeks, and now I'm starting to suspect it was not you. Drake has a ghostwriter, and you got jealous. I'm just saying. You got I'm Gmail. It. I got my own I mean, she deserves one. Let's be honest. She deserves one. Well, I'm not the only one because according to Google, um, last stats that they published says that apparently 12% of replies from inboxes and on mobile are from people using the Google smart reply. So I'm not the only one. 12% of the population are lazy bastards. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently I'm right along with (laughs) them. I feel like this is going to lead to very like dry, cookie cutter language in the email realm. Because I spice things up with words you can't predict. That's true. Well, uh, I can attest to that. Well, here. Well, you know, Google is forever perfecting their technology. So there may come a day when it may know you so well that you're like, you know what, Google? Yes. They've had to refine it over the years. Apparently, when they first rolled this technology out, they had to stop Smart Reply from offering I love you as a response. Oh, Oh, I could get you in trouble. I mean, I can do that by myself. Accidentally, I'll, I'll end a call with like, love you. <laughs> Shouldn't do that. But imagine like having a work and doing like doing a work email and then all of a sudden I love you pops up and you accidentally. How many times have you accidentally tapped something and you can't control the <laughs> oh, out of you're it? Like, you're like, no. <laughs> That's why everyone should have unsend enabled on their Gmail. Yeah. Apparently, I'm the only one who's fallen victim to the smart reply in this room. But I'm sure you guys have fallen victim to other sort of like AI and predictive technologies. Confession time. There is a confession I want to make. Mm. I don't do the predictive text because, like I said, I have an English degree. I want to use it. (laughs) You're an individual. Yes. You write with a quill, you bloody hipster. (laughs) Exactly. I want to use the word will of a wisp if I want to. (laughs) A bit of predictive technology that I do use Mm. is anytime they're like, you got this, you might like this. That Mm. kind of thing. I don't know if that technically counts, but like with Goodreads, if I finish a book, they're like, you should read this next. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I will. Mm -hmm. And specifically on Spotify, with their Discover Weekly, they know what I like. And they're like, here, you're so predictable. This is the other music by women who sound kind of witchy that you might like. (laughs) And they're always right. So basically, if... Is that the Sarah Bush uh, sort of... Sarah? Kate? (laughs) Jamitra, please leave the right. (laughs) When will I ever learn? Never. Remember you asked if she was related to George H.W. Bush? I think you just answered your own question about when you will learn to meet her. That is on the 32nd of November. Yeah. Wow. February, baby. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I'm adding that to Free 99, which you also taught me. Wow. Well, actually, maybe Google taught her that. Uh, maybe. True. Is she even here? I'm looking know. at her. She looks like Jamidra. We don't know. Yeah. Basically, if spying on me means it's going to make me cooler... And introduce me to cool things. You're okay with that. Smile you want. What about you, Carly? Uh, This is really eye-opening because I am sitting with two bots. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to feel about it. I I don't like the predictive stuff. I have never, ever used one of these suggested email replies. I won't even use the thing where iPhone is like, it looks like you're driving. Would you like to say I'm on my way or can't talk now? I will not do that. I will send no text. I, I don't like being, like, made Mm-hmm. by technology like you know mm. i'm i'm the mark and technology is the spotter and it's worked me out like i fundamentally object to that because i like to think i am very special 
and very unique. <laughs> <laughs> like a fingerprint, and that there's no one in the world. To quote Fred Rogers, there's no one in the world like me, and he likes me just the way I am. But at the same time... I was going to say, where's the butt, girl? Because I know know you've clicked on some recommendations. (laughs) I do get the, the comfort and the familiarity of predictability, right? And don't laugh. I'm going to liken it to astrology. Here we go. There's something very comforting about being worked out in that way. If you're experiencing like an issue or you're feeling something, to know that other people have felt that, but also that your behavior kind of adheres to this type and there's a meaning to it all, that feels really nice. Like if there's a pattern and you fit into that, you feel seen. Hmm. But do you really want to feel seen by Google? I was going to say feel seen by who though? (laughs) So where do you draw the line, Emmanuel? I draw the line at Google Home, which I experienced very recently. (laughs) My boyfriend brought it into the home without asking. Oh, God. All of a sudden, he's saying, hey, Google, what's the weather? Look outside, (laughs) And also, he was, like, trying to show me. (laughs) He was trying to show me the ways that it was helpful. And he was like, watch this. Hey, Google, time for bed. She turns on the bedroom lights. I have fingers. Mm. I can turn the little switch myself. And also, he's like, you could also say, hey, Google, play this song by so-and-so artist. And I don't even like that. I am lazy, but some of my music choices aren't things I want to speak aloud. Like, I'm not going to say, hey, Google, play S Club 7. I'm going to type it silently and listen (laughs) and enjoy. But Google shouldn't know about it. Well, speaking of inviting technology into your home, let me tell you a terrifying story about a woman who also invited technology into our home. Are we all familiar with Nest? Yes, it does everything. Okay, well, a woman named Laura Lyons outside of San Francisco, she learned that it really does do everything because her nest was hacked. Uh Uh-oh. And the person who hacked it decided to play a little prank on her. Oh, my God. A man's voice announced that North Korea had launched three intercontinental ballistic missiles toward the United States and that the United States had launched a counterattack, recommended everyone take shelter and said that the missiles were headed toward Los Angeles, Chicago, and somewhere in Ohio. And then the message repeated again, and it was coming out of our Nest camera. I was like, all right, we need to get in the car. We need to grab the dog. I wish we had more cash. Which direction do we drive? Right down the rabbit hole. Yeah, terrifying. That's terrifying, though, because the, the emergency tone, that can raise your blood pressure through the roof alone. There's a reason they're not allowed to put that on the radio. Exactly. It'll scare people. This is a whole, remember they, the call is coming from inside the house? Oh, no, no. The call, the sound is coming from inside the nest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Well, at least they got their predictive Google home speaker thing to work. I can never get like Alexas and home speakers to understand my accent. It's not just you. Siri still can't understand me when I speak, but I'm just, I'm a bit of a mumble mouth. So... <laughs> Well, Google Home understood me when I said, take her to the curb, and she no longer lives with me. So, Oh. She heard that. She also heard me talking about Individual One, and I'm surprised Secret <laughs> Service hasn't come to my house yet. <laughs> That's another reason why she's not at my house. Well, now that we've learned the dangers of predictive and AI technology, I want to end with a little bit of assignment Okay, this segment. Can we do that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so... I want you to pull out your phone, if you will. Okay. Pull up somebody that you want to text. I want you to allow it to help you author a text message. All right, here we go. If you've ever done this before, you know that when you type a word, your phone will suggest additional mm-hmm. words. And I just want you to build on that sentence until it comes to an ending and you feel comfortable sharing. Okay. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. The cooler <laughs> <laughs> has 
always been doing the most. Hey! <laughs> oh. Wait, that is something I would say. See? Carly? I'm trying to just type the word you, but I keep getting tough. Ah. Oh, tough on the outside, soft on the inside. Ooh. Well, I'll share mine because I typed it a little bit earlier before I came into the studio. I started off with the cooler. And I got this long roundabout sentence. The cooler is not the same thing with an average age group of people who do not have a problem with the same name as this invention. Oh. So take that for what you will. Wow. I'm glad I came to your TED Talk. Exactly. (laughs) So listeners, I want you to try this out. Cooler fans, please tweet us. I want to know what your phone told you to say. And we can all just sort of like look back on this when technology has taken over the world and our phones are our overlords. We'll remember this day fondly. (laughs) We'll look back and laugh. Or will we? It's the big and the pick. Hey, the big and the pick. Hey. You know what that song means, folks? It's time for the peak and the pit of the week. Ooh. We have many choices this week. Mm-hmm. I really had to put on my reading glasses and narrow things down. <laughs> I thought so, going to say, and read these hoes. <laughs> <laughs> that, can we just do that? That Always. <laughs> so let's start high. Let's ascend to the summit. Let's get a peek, guys. It has to be Cardi B <gasps> and her foray into political punditry. Oh, she yes. was my peak, too. Oh, yes. It's so good. Oh, Carry my on. gosh. So for those of you living under a rock who have not heard this amazing video she posted on Instagram making clear her thoughts on the government shutdown, here's a little slice. Trump is now ordering, as in summoning, federal government workers to go back to work without getting paid. Now, I don't want to hear y'all motherfuckers talking about, oh, but Obama shut down the government for 17 days. Yeah, bitch. For healthcare, so your grandma could check her blood pressure and you bitches could go check your pussy in the gynecologist with no motherfucking problem. This shit is crazy. Like, our, our country is in a hellhole right now. All for a fucking wall. I feel like I need every, like, debate to be like that. Like, yes. all presidential debates and, like, if it was this way, I think more people would tune in. She made points. Yes. And so many people are saying, like, what does Cardi B know about politics? But if they could read... They would have read the amazing Katie Weaver profile in GQ last year of Cardi B in which it is revealed that she's super into politics. She keeps up on this stuff. She cares. She loves FDR. She mm-hmm. she does love FDR. <laughs> she loves the New Deal. That was one of my favorite points of that thing. Like, who knew? She stands FDR. This, of course, led to a bunch of people expressing on Twitter that she should not be stepping out of her lane, including right-wing pundits. Tommy Laren. Oh, God. Things got out of hand. If your definition of out of hand is incredible. It is. Long story short, (laughs) Cardi B responds to Tommy Laren by saying, leave me alone. I will dog walk you. Mm -hmm. Yes. And for those who aren't aware, Urban Dictionary defines dog walking as when you're beating someone's ass and you're dragging them as if you are walking a dog. Wow. Yes. So, peak of the week, shout out Cardi B for this phrase and reminding us that people can be many things at once. You can be a feminist who wears makeup or a musician who wears tight clothing in a music video who also cares a bunch about FDR Mm -hmm. and the government shutdown. And a professional dog walker. People contain multitudes. (laughs) Another peak that has to do with Cardi but goes to Andrew Rose Gregory from Twitter. 
he turned her message about the shutdown into a hit single. Oh, yes. Let's listen. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that is sweet indeed. Is there anything better than that? Nah, oh. bitch. <laughs> Can I just say, I also love how Cardi B uses bitch like a comma. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just amazing. Imagine her predictive texts. <sighs> amazing. Ooh. Guys, I almost feel bad taking it down to this pit. Oh, gosh. There is a lot to choose from. Mm. The day we're recording, the Supreme Court has supported President Trump's ban on transgender serving members of the military. Mm. That ain't great. The government is still shut down. That ain't great. This is all deep understatement, by the way. So let's think shorter term. Let's dial it back. Let's think pop culture. Today is also the day that the Oscar nominations were announced. And my goodness, there's a lot that's not there. (laughs) Including my boyfriend, Timothée Chalamet. Maybe Mm. he's not there. No female directors. (sighs) But at least not Bradley Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Just saying. So everyone's got their own favorite snub, right? Or their least favorite snub, I should say. But the one that I'm going to pick out that I'm really angry about is no Academy love for what I think is the performance of the year, Tony Collette in the horror movie Hereditary. This movie is so scary that when I just went on YouTube an hour ago to try and find suitable clips to play you, I had to turn them off because I got too scared and the goosebumps on my arms started physically hurting my skin. Have you guys seen Hereditary? I'm too afraid. Too scared. It, wow. <laughs> Rightly so. It, that little girl that tongue pops? No. It is absolutely terrifying. It's the best movie I will never see again. I don't need to because I will be too scared. But long story short, Toni Collette in this movie is phenomenal. She is a mother who loses pretty much everything. And I'm not going to spoil what happens at the end because it is far too disturbing. It is the scariest thing I have seen in years as someone who watches a lot of horror. But like all good horror, it is just devastating emotionally. So go watch it and then never watch it again. Because it's too scary. (laughs) They shouldn't have made it. (laughs) Someone who did get nominated was Sam Elliott from Star is Born. And he said this about his nomination. Quote, it's about f***ing time. Hello. (laughs) Come through. I love him even more now. I hope he wins. No lies. No lies. So to ride us out this week, since we've gone from high to low, I want to take us back up to high and remind you that if you ever rapped during high school, you should not let anyone film it. And you should definitely not rap in high school if you were Emmanuel's boyfriend, (gasps) Timothée Chalamet. He went to a performing arts school, which led to footage of him doing a rap song in which he wears a backwards baseball cap in front of a green screen, which doesn't have anything on it, which is great. They didn't finish the video. He's rapping (laughs) about statistics and singing about his teacher. And his rap name is Little Timmy T. So riding is out is a very young Timothée Chalamet. With the statistics song. Timmy, Timmy. it's your boy Lil Timmy Tim. Yeah. What up statistics class? I'm coming through live from G25. Yeah. 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 Live from G25. Let's go. Statistic. Yep. Statistic. Yep. Yep. Statistic. Yep. Statistic. Yep. Yes, law and I'm law and I'm law and I'm law Thanks this week to Mrs. Lawton. As well as David Marcus, Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs, and Ashley Ann Craigbaugh. And if you'd like to follow us on social media and get some statistics, you can follow me. I'm at Teacup in the Bay. 
I'm at Excuse My Beauty. And I'm at Jamie Says. Bye. Miss and she's my favorite teacher ever. Favorite teacher ever. Favorite teacher ever. Man, I gotta poop.